0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. A number of years ago, I was at a church service and I saw one of the most powerful things that I've ever been eyewitness to ever. It actually wasn't at Parkway, it was at a different church and it was on a Sunday night. And at that church, they had an an open microphone down at the front so that after the pastor finished preaching, people could come and they could share what God was doing in their lives. And so sure enough, after the message, um, sure enough, a couple people walked down and they shared what God was doing in their life. And then this one guy named Doug gets up to come down and share. Now, Doug is a huge guy. I mean, he's like six, five, and he's very well respected in the church. And so Doug comes down to the front and, you know, people are waiting to hear what he's going to say. Um, <clears throat> so he comes down to the front and he, he, he grabs the microphone and he begins to shake. And then he begins to shed tears and this room of several hundred people is like, what is going on? And so, <clears throat> after you know, those awkward moments, he, he finally composes himself enough to get some words out. And he says, a year ago, I made the biggest mistake of my life. He says, a year ago, I cheated on my wife, Allison. Allison. And then he just puts his head down and begins to cry. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I can't believe it. And the, literally, everyone in the room froze. And then the most extraordinary thing happened. From the back of the room, Allison gets up. She walks down the aisle, comes to the front, And she puts her arms around her husband, and they both just begin to sob together. I mean, loud. Well, as soon as she did that, literally, everybody in the whole place just stood up and started to applaud and started, literally, started to cheer loudly for the both of them. And I mean, it was unbelievable. It was incredible. So after, literally, after several minutes of thunderous applause, it kind of died down, and then Doug gets hold of himself and, and he says, First off, I want you to know that um, I told Allison about this affair last night. So she didn't find out here in front of everybody. And everybody's like, because like that's really weird and awkward, right? So, uh, but he says, You know what? I wanted to publicly confess what I'd done because I wanted to publicly ask her to forgive me. And because I was tired of the secrets and the power that that held over me, and I'm telling you right here, right now, I am recommitting my life to following Jesus, and recommitting to our marriage. And Allison, goes to the microphone and she says as well, she says, I too am recommitting my life to following Jesus. And I am recommitting to our marriage. I'm telling you, it was the most powerful thing I, I think I have ever seen. Now, look, Doug and Allison, they still, they, they had a lot of work and a lot of healing in front of them, okay, but I'll tell you this, they are still happily married today. Still happily married today. Amazing. Now, let me put your mind at ease. Like, we're not gonna have an open microphone here at the front of the church after Edward, you come down to confess your sin, okay? Like, we're not doing that today, okay? Uh, that's not gonna happen. But I tell you this story because I want you to see it illustrates how powerful confession and forgiveness can be. I mean, look, look, God took this marriage that looked great on the outside. But inside, it was filled with deception and secrets and distance. And then then Jesus stepped into that marriage and changed everything. Like he took that marriage, and now it's filled with trust and love and happiness and fulfillment, more so than they ever thought possible. And it's all because those two people made their made individual commitments to follow Jesus with all of their heart. And that changed them and that changed their marriage. It changed everything. And that brings us to our topic for today. Purity Within marriage, because I'm telling you, there is nothing, there is nothing that can rip a marriage apart faster than an affair. Now, hurtful words, which we talked about last week, are just as damaging, but that's a cumulative effect over a period of time. But there is nothing that can rip a marriage or relationship apart than an affair, because it can just, it can do it in a moment. And so today, we want to talk about what God wants to do to change all that for us. Because can God, can God heal a marriage after there's been an affair? Absolutely. But because with God, all things are possible. I mean, look, what Doug, look at Doug and Allison. Can God take a marriage or a relationship that's been tainted by sexual impurity and can he restore it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know dozens of couples that have had things that are inappropriate have happened in their marriage and are in those relationships. And God has restored it and done amazing things in those marriages and those relationships. And so today, we need to talk about what God wants us to do. And look, here's the thing. If you're sitting here today and marriage is not even on your radar, I mean, why does any of this matter? What matters, because what if one day your kids or your grandkids or a close friend comes to you and they need help. God might want to use you to save their marriage. God might want to use you to put them on a path where they could then honor God from that point forward. And you need to know what to say. But for all of us, God is saying, look, if you want me to tie a knot that cannot come undone, Then you need to hear what I say about staying pure in a marriage and in a relationship, and what that means going forward. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already, Um, and let's begin by asking this question: What does God say it takes to protect a marriage or relationship from an affair? What does God say it takes? Well, several things. The first is this: Don't climb the fence don 't climb the fence, the Bible says that there are two very broad categories for um, for sexual sin. The first is called adultery, and that 's when someone who is married has sex with someone that he or she is not married to. The second broad category the bible calls fornication now that 's a word that you know we don 't even use anymore, but that essentially means someone who is unmarried has sex with anyone else. So essentially what the Bible is saying, and what God is saying to you, is that the only person in life that you should have sex with is the person that you get married to. That's it. That is God's perfect plan for your life. And look, I I know that sounds really old-fashioned, I know that sounds really naive, you know, out of sync with our modern day culture, so out of step with what we practice in our world today. But you know what? When has God really been concerned about whether his rules seem old fashioned or not? You know, when when has that ever been of primary concern to God? See, our Heavenly Father, He gives us these rules not to make life worse but to make life better, okay? Let me illustrate this. Um, I've brought with me today a section of fence, you know, like you would put around your yard. And so let's just say that I have a dog, which by the way, I do have a dog, and let's also say that I have built this fence around my yard. Okay, now, why would I build a fence around my yard for my dog? Why would I do that? Yeah. To keep my dog safe, right? To keep my dog safe from getting out and maybe something bad happening to my dog, or to keep animals or other people from coming into my yard and hurting my dog. I mean, essentially, I don't build a fence to ruin my dog's fun. Like, I build the fence to keep my dog safe and help my dog have a better life. Now, my dog, you know, might be peering through the cracks of the fence and going, But all those other dogs out there, like they're running wild and free, and they seem to be having a great time, like nothing's bad happening to them. But you know what? I know some things that my dog doesn't. Because I've seen dogs get hit by cars before. I know that there are people out there who will steal a dog, and some of those people are very cruel. So you know what, my dog my dog might not like the fence, my dog might resent the fence, my dog might want to climb out over the fence, but you know what, if my dog will stop being so focused on what's going on outside the fence and start focusing on all of the good that happens inside the fence, then I can promise you this, my dog will have more fun, will be will have more happiness and more fulfillment and more enjoyment inside the fence than he would ever have outside the fence trying to survive on his own. And so I put up the fence not to ruin my dog's life but actually to bring my dog more happiness. And it's the very same thing with God. In the very same way, God puts a fence around marriage, not to ruin our fun or to make us feel trapped, but God does it to make our lives more enjoyable. And I know, like some people say, well, yeah, but Pastor Mike, like I'm looking at all these other people outside the fence, and they look like they're wild and free and having a great time, and nothing's happening to them. But you know what? God knows things that you don't know. And God sees things that you don't see. See, God sees the pain and the heartache that these people go through. He sees the emotional scars. He sees the breakups. He sees the hurt that comes along. He sees the diseases that these people carry with them, some for the rest of their lives. God sees all of that. And he doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for any of us. And so that's why God says in Hebrews chapter 13, go ahead and check it out, he says this. God says in Hebrews 13 verse 4, he says, marriage should be honored by all. I want you to circle the word all. And the marriage bed kept pure. Now I had you circle the word all because God's saying that marriage should not just be honored by people who are married, but it should be honored by even those who are not married. So, you know, whether you plan to be married one day or not, or maybe you want to be remarried, marriage is supposed to be honored by all people, and the marriage bed kept pure. This means that if you are married, that you, since you're married, you're inside the fence. But it means that from this day forward, you should only have sex with the person that you are married to and make it and decide God I'm going to honor you and honor my marriage enough to where I'm never going to climb the fence. That's what it means. Now get this. It also means that for those people who are not married that you have an obligation to also honor marriage. And so that means that for you you would say, you know what? I I love that person that I'm going to be married to even if I don't know their name yet. And I'm going to honor God with my current lifestyle and honor marriage by not going outside the fence. For instance, let's just say that you meet the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to say to that other person, you know, I loved you before I even knew your name. And so I have kept myself pure when it comes to the bedroom because I had you and our future marriage in mind. And so along the way, I have said no to making memories with other flings so that I could say yes to making a lifetime of memories with you. Now I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be amazing to say that? And then what if that other person said back to you, said wow, I never expected that. That's incredible. I think you're so naive. I, I think you're so old-fashioned for thinking like that. I mean, I don't, you're so out of step with our culture. I mean, I don't know why you didn't just sleep with multiple people so that you could bring all of those memories and all of those experiences and all those diseases into our marriage. I don't know why you didn't do that. Really? I mean, like, do you see how illogical that sounds, especially in comparison to what God has in mind that he wants for relationships and marriages? But do you see that? Well, yeah. But you know what? That's what the world thinks. But they they never play that. They never say things like that. So here's the thing. Look, if, you, if you've already been outside the fence, you can't change that, you can't change that. But what you can change is who you are going forward. So change who you are going forward. See, look, God doesn't put up the fence to limit your fun and to make you feel trapped in life, okay? He gives you the fence so that your current marriage or your future marriage can be amazing and free from all of that stuff that happens outside the fence. So would you make a commitment that you know right now, make a commitment to your current spouse or to to your future spouse? Would you make a commitment right now that you would say, you know what? I am not gonna climb the fence. That's not gonna be me, and that's not gonna be me anymore. God, I'm gonna honor my marriage or my future marriage because you say that's what you want me to do and when you do that i'm telling you you set the stage for god to tie a knot that cannot come undone all right god says the second thing number two is this i need to fix the fence not only do i not need to climb the fence but now i need to fix the fence look at the bible says and what god tells us in first corinthians chapter six beginning verse 18 he says flee from sexual immorality. I want you to circle the word flee. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. I mean, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Okay, now look, I had you circle the word flee because the truth is that's really not something that we do when it comes to sexuality. We don't flee, don't we do? What we do is we get as close to the line as we possibly can without going over. And so even if you're committed to staying inside the fence, like we get up like right next to the fence We even look outside the fence. (laughs) I wonder what they're doing out there. And we look outside the fence. We don't flee. Instead, we do things like, like we look at things on TV shows and movies. We watch scenes that are totally inappropriate for us to be watching. I know some people are like, oh well, you know, I mean, it's just part of plot development. Nobody believes that. That's crazy, nobody thinks that. Or, you know, we're looking at images or pornography on the internet. Or we start messaging people on Facebook or on Twitter. And start, we start emotional affairs with other people. Or you know what? if some, of, some people are single, they're like, well, you know what, as long as I don't actually have sex, then pretty much everything is, oh, else is okay. I mean, who are you kidding? It's not okay. Or maybe, maybe some people dress provocatively because they like other people staring and they like the comments that they get. I'm telling you, we do all kinds of things about stepping as close the line as we can. And here's the danger. The danger is, is that if we stay here very long, at some point in time the temptation is going to become great enough, we're going to step outside the fence. Or someone else is going to reach through and draw us outside of the fence. And so you know what God says? God says, flee. He says, flee from sexual immorality. Sexual temptation. Okay, well, like how, like practically, like what does that mean? Well, let me give you some ideas. Look, if you know that there's a sexually explicit scene in a TV show or a movie, don't watch it. Just don't watch that show or that movie, just don't. If it means that there's someone at your office that consistently dresses provocatively, go the other way to the coffee maker. Okay? It means that you need to have internet protection on your computer, on all of your devices. It might mean that you need to block some people on social media. It means that if you're single, that you need to draw some pretty safe lines about how far is too far. If you're married, then you need to make sure that you are not in a situation where you are alone with a person of the opposite sex where no one else can verify where you are, what you're doing. I mean, I'm t- you just can't ever be in that sort of a compromising situation. Okay, so let me ask you. What standards do you currently have about fleeing temptation? What standards have you set for yourself? What standards have you helped your kids and teenagers set for fleeing temptation? So I'm telling you, they ain't get it at school. They have to get it from you. For, you know, in our family, um, whenever something inappropriate comes on TV, and by the way, like, we don't watch racy TV shows like that. that we, just, we just don't even go there. But you know what? It's unfortunate that we live in a day and age where you just can't help that at some point in time something's going to come up that's inappropriate for young eyes. And so we have trained our kids that, hey, if something like that pops up, like, you look at somebody else in the room. Which, by the way, is like super awkward if something comes up and I look over here and my 13 year old teenage daughter is looking back at me. Yeah. And we can both hear what's going on over here. Like, there's no question what's going on there. And we're just looking at each other. Like, that's super weird. Which, by the way, that's when I think I'd whisper a prayer of like, thank you, Jesus, for the mute button. You know, poop, you know. Because I'm telling you. So, like, what are you doing to set those sorts of standards for how to flee? Because, look, look, the question is not, like, how close can I get to the fence without crossing over? That's not the question. The question is, what can I do to fix those loose places in the fence so that when temptation knocks... It's solid enough where I have time to flee so that that temptation doesn't have the draw or the power to get me to do something I would normally never choose to do. That's what we need to do. So we need to fix the fence. And by the way, if you fixed all of the holes in the fence, all the loose places in the fence in your life, like, what would that do to your marriage? What would that do to intimacy in your marriage? What do you think that, what kind of a message would that speak to your spouse? Do you think that that would improve your marriage? Absolutely it would, because it would bring such security into your marriage and and that security would bring so much more freedom in the intimacy you have in your marriage because they know. My spouse has fixed the places in the fence, every place that he or she could know how to fix. So, look, whether you're single or married, commit to flee from temptation and do what God says and fix the fence. All right, last one, number three. God says this God says, I need to commit to God's plan inside the fence. I need to commit to God's plan inside the fence. All right, now let me give you the context, this really well-known biblical story, just in case you don't know it. Uh, We actually used this story in church a few weeks ago, but I want to pull out a different application today. So here's the scene. Um, A woman has been caught in the act of adultery by the religious leaders of the day. And so they brought her before Jesus, and they said, okay, Jesus, like, what should we do? Should we stone this woman? And Jesus very wisely says, he says, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. And then one by one, all the people drop their stones and they walk away because they know that they have sin in their own lives. And so then look what happens. In John chapter 8, verses ten, verse 10 and following, it says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, talking to the woman who was caught, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then, and I want you to underline this neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now. And I want you to underline this leave your life of sin. Look what Jesus says. He says, then neither do I condemn you. Look, she's standing right there in front of Jesus. Like Jesus knows, he knows everything. And still Jesus looks at her and he says, then neither do I condemn you. Look, here's the thing. Jesus knows your past. I mean, just as clearly as if you were standing right in front of you. And he says to you, he says, then neither do I condemn you. Now look, you might be sitting here today with like some real, feeling some really awkward tension because you know you've spent some time outside the fence. And you're really feeling awkward if you're sitting next to the person that you've spent some time outside the fence with, right? Right? And now you're feeling really weird because, like, I'm talking about it. Like, I've said it right in front of everybody. So now it's triple weird, right? But look, Jesus still says to you, he says, neither do I condemn you. Look, and I'll say this. Like, I don't condemn you. This church doesn't condemn you. Jesus doesn't condemn you. Because, look, here's the thing. If you've made mistakes in your life, look, you've come to the right church because we've all made some mistakes before. We've all done some things that we wish that we could undo. But look, that doesn't mean that you're condemned. All that means is that you're in the perfect place to be forgiven. That's what it means. And look, and that's, that's why Jesus died on a cross. He died so that his de- at his death, he could take on all of the punishment for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world. And so then, after he died, then he doesn't offer you his condemnation, he offers you his forgiveness. So have you ever received the forgiveness of Jesus for everything you've ever done in your life? Look, here's the thing, if you've never received it, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you for everything you've ever done, then do it today. There's a prayer on the back of your message notes at the bottom, if you've never prayed that prayer, asking Jesus to forgive you, please, pray that prayer today. Pray it before we get to the end of the message, or pray it right at the end of the message, because that's how you become a Christ follower. That's how you become a Christian. Now, once you've received the forgiveness of Jesus, he comes into your life, and he changes your heart. And so that's when once he's changed your heart, that's when you can do the second thing that I had you underline, and that is this, where Jesus says, leave your life of sin. Because look, although Jesus didn't condemn her, he didn't pretend that nothing had happened either, right? Jesus expected her to change, and she pledged from that day forward that she would live inside the fence. I mean, that. look, that's huge, Look, just like Doug and Allison, when they recommitted themselves to live inside the fence, okay, that whole process of of confession and forgiveness and commitment to God, man, that's incredibly powerful. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. And I've never done this before, and this is probably going to be the biggest thing that I've ever challenged people at Parkway Fellowship to do, okay? But I'm telling you, This will bring maybe the biggest change outside of salvation for anybody. So here it is. Here's what I want you to do. If you are married, and if before you were married, you spent some time outside the fence, whether it's with the person you're married to or not, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home today, and I want you both together to get down on your knees and ask God to forgive you for the time outside the fence and I want you to ask forgiveness from each other for that time outside the fence and then commit to God that you're going to live inside the fence from this day forward. I mean, look, I know that's huge but I'm telling you, You cannot imagine the payoff that would be for you and your spouse. And look, and here's why. Because at some point in life, you have to agree with God that what happened outside the fence is sin. Because if you don't, then whenever you get to that place in life where, hey, the marriage is a little bit rocky, or, you know, some things outside the fence are looking pretty inviting— then if you never said that it was wrong before, then why would it be wrong now? And so that silence gives passive approval of saying, you know what, that was okay before. And so really there's not that much wrong with it now. And that puts your marriage in huge jeopardy. But if you will agree with God that what happened outside the fence was sin, whether you knew it or not, It doesn't matter. Agree with God that it's sin. You confess it, ask forgiveness, and commit to live your life inside the fence. I'm telling you, that will bring a tremendous amount of security to your marriage. Now, look. Here's the thing: if you're living together, I want you to do the very same thing. Go do take all those same steps. But here's the deal if your heart has truly been changed by Jesus, he's going to ask one of you to move out. Not not to end the relationship, but so that you can take all of that sexual stuff out of the relationship so that he can guide you. And look, and if he guides you to get married, wonderful, that's great. And if the relationship ends, well, you know what? Then better to know that now than after you've tied the knot, right? Absolutely. So either way, we have to say okay God, I'm gonna honor you and live inside the fence. All right, now let me say this to the wives. Wives, you need to understand that you are the only legitimate sexual fulfillment for your husband. You cannot freeze him out or make time spent inside the fence so rare and you know barely tolerable that he is unnecessarily tempted to look on the other side of the fence. Now look, if he looks on the other side of the fence or he goes to the other side of the fence, that is not your fault. I'm not saying that. That is his own free will. That is his own choice. That's his fault. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't need to necess- make it unnecessarily tempting. You don't need to do that. Look, and I'll say this, husbands, same goes for you. Don't make it unnecessarily tempting for your wife. Make what happens inside the fence enjoyable for her as well. Because like, that helps you too, hello? Right? And so, look, here's the thing. You need to make what happens inside the fence so frequent And so good and so enjoyable and so wonderful that there would be no reason to look outside the fence. And that's God's plan for you. And look, and it gets better over time the more you're committed to God's ways and his plan. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? Right? (laughs) So look, so here's the deal. Look, make a commitment. Don't climb the fence. Okay? Look, fix those places in the fence. And commit to God's plan inside the fence. Because when you do, if just you make those commitments, I'm telling you, you the chances of the affair go way, way down. And if both of you make that commitment, then you eliminate any chance of an affair, and God will tie a knot so tight that it cannot come undone. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for just how reliable and true your word is, and I pray for every couple listening today that's married, God, that you would make their marriage and their relationship within that marriage better than they ever dreamed possible. And for those that are single, God, I ask that you would give them a vision of their future marriage so that they would say to you, God, I am committing to the future that you have for me, and that they would remain pure. And Lord, for those where marriage is not even all, anywhere on their radar, God, that you would give them wisdom to guide their kids or their grandkids or their close friends so that they would honor you in all relationships. And I ask that you would bring us back next week as you wrap up this series for us. And ask you to do all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.